Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 153. Our friend JC does Disney. I'm Thomas, and joining me tonight is Matt. What's up, everybody? And JC. Hey, good to be with you guys tonight. We are three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as bring to you some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So this is an episode that I've been really excited to, to have for a while now. And Tom, as you know, uh, we were all set to record last night and you, you had a prior commitment, so you couldn't make it. But um, Pete really let us down. He, he, um, we were supposed to start around 8 p.m. And um, Pete decided that he was like, well, he didn't really decide anything. His wife wasn't feeling well. And I totally get that. So he was in charge of putting the kids, um, getting them bathed and in bed. And I was texting Pete nonstop last night, you know, from eight o'clock until about 1030. And he just wasn't responding. I get a text from Pete this morning at 715 saying, so my daughter was scared last night. I laid down beside her and I just passed out. I fell asleep. <laughs> and, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to be late for work today, too, because I didn't set an alarm last night. So, Pete, we miss you today. Um, we're really excited to hear about your trip as well. And we'll do that on the Patreon that I'll be releasing here um, in the next week or so, I'm sure. We're going to get another, another recording out. But to introduce our guest today, um, and JC, you have the privilege of being the first guest ever on the Men Do Disney podcast. Huh. That's exciting. Um, JC is no stranger to podcasting. He has um, two podcasts himself. In JC's professional life, you might have heard of him. His name is JC Sherbert. And JC um, is a noted college football recruiting expert and college football expert. He has a podcast with Mike Morgan of ESPN, where they release a couple a week, where they talk about the college football landscape, college um, sports in general. And um, it's a great podcast. So I recommend you give that a listen. And um, JC is also the owner of TheBigSpur.com, which is a Gamecock, um, Gamecock sports and recruiting website, where um, he's been doing that, golly, JC, at least since 2009, 2010, because I remember being an, an OG, OG yeah. member. And that's how JC and I met. Um, so JC is no stranger to podcasts, but what we're here about, what we're here to talk about today is Walt Disney World, which um, just like us, JC is a Disney nut. So JC, if you want to introduce yourself, we're happy to have you. Yeah, JC Sherwood here with you. We started the big spur.com uh, right before the 2007 Gamecock football season started. And obviously, you know, these, the podcasting world is, is something sort of new. Um, I think we've been doing this for about two or three years with, with my, me and Mike and then the Gamecocks podcast and all that. But uh, yeah, just got back actually uh, 17 days ago on, on the beautiful bird, which is Southwest airlines. I call Southwest the beautiful bird because of the, the colors and uh, you know, flew from outside of Chicago with, with my girlfriend and her two kids uh, down to the warmer weather in Orlando. And uh, you know, I'd been hesitant to go. We, we had a trip scheduled in April of last year. So this was sort of a makeup trip. Uh, and then the pandemic hit and everything closed and, and we got our money back or whatever. So it's a little bit different going nowadays, but uh, we uh, it was really one of the more enjoyable times. Uh, I, I think I've had the company obviously was great, but uh, just kind of the, the, the vibe uh, at Walt Disney World. And I've probably been in my life 40 to 50 times. Um, uh, since I, I went before there was an Epcot when I was three years old, uh, my dad and mom took me down there, stayed at the contemporary, went to the magic kingdom and I've been hooked ever since. Um, and so all the times I've been, you know, sometimes you come back and your feet are killing you and the strollers, you know, if you ever see another stroller again, you, you just want to scream. Uh, but, but it was, it was, you know, with, with the limit on capacity, those types of things and those types of issues did not take place. There's just plenty of room to spread out. Now, without the fast pass, and we can talk about that, you know, that's another situation. You know, that, that, that's something that I would like to see Disney bring back sooner rather than later, at least in a limited type of capacity, because you do end up standing in line a little more than if you, you know, scheduled your, your trip out with fast pass and had the fast passes uh, set up and ready to go. Uh, on your my Disney Experience app, uh, you know I, I did find myself standing in line a little bit more for some things. But overall, a uh, wonderful trip. So that that's awesome. You know I'm jealous. You know Tom's been to Disney in COVID times. Pete's 
definitely been in COVID times. Pete just got back, actually. And um, I have not been. So I'm learning from all of you guys. Um, so, Tom, really quick, I don't think we're going to have any news today. There's not a whole lot going on that we've seen. Um, you know, when Pete listens to this, he might want to drop some news in. So we'll let Pete handle that. Um, so, Tom, really quick before we um, get to the main topic today, how's everything going in your life? I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, d- doing well. I mean, obviously, um, similar to JC, I just came off of a trip to Disney. Now, mine was back in December, and, and we've talked about it. But I agree with with what he said. I mean, you know, I do wish the Fast Pass would return. You do stand in line a little bit longer. and and But I do like the space as well. I mean, you're not jammed in and walking down Main Street. You know, I look at old pictures from from pre-pandemic when my wife and I went, and it's body to body. and and, uh, you know, strollers hitting your ankles left and right. So I know exactly what, what JC's talking about, and I'm excited to hear about his trip, being that he was there, you know, in the new year at really a, a really good time to go to Disney. If you go right after a holiday or, or right after New Year's like he did, um, it's a great time to go because most people's trips are wrapping up and they're getting out of there. So with all that being said, I want to thank you guys for listening today. We're really excited to hear about JC's trip. I'm going to hit him from all angles on the planning, <laughs> the trip itself, you know, takeaways but um with that being said let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor kingdom strollers so your family is coming to orlando and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun but you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer as parents ourselves we get it you're not asking for much You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Okay, well, um, JC, I guess the first question I have for you is, you know, you said you've been 40 or 50 times. You went your first time when you were three. Obviously, um, a lot's changed since you were three years old. You mentioned Epcot. But when you went into planning this trip, I know in April, your plans probably were a lot different than what they ended up being, you know, in a COVID time at Disney. So how about you walk us through, you know, how you planned it? Because you are a Disney expert just like us. So walk us through that process if you don't mind. Yeah. So, so here was the deal. Like, so we were going to go down for, I think, five days with the deluxe. Like, okay, so her boys are 12 and 15. And I've never seen people eat like this. I guess I did when I was 12 and 15, but uh, the, the youngest one, we call him the moose. Uh, and then the older one's named Caden. And, and so I thought, well, uh, and we were going to, we were choosing wh- where to go, you know, and they, they, they had been to Cabo a couple of years ago and liked it. And quite frankly, my vote was for Cabo, uh, you know, but uh, we, uh, I said Cabo or Disney cause they have some neat things with the star Wars galaxy's edge opening and stuff like that and they were like well disney okay so i had the deluxe meal plan because you got to feed these guys uh, we were going to stay at pop century we booked two rooms uh i mean it was it was the the mac daddy trip you know uh and then it got canceled so so we were planning you know we, we were kind of like sitting around waiting for the right time uh we thought about because usually like my favorite time to go uh, my birthday's december 26th is between christmas and new year's like roll down on my birthday, spend New Year's there. I know it's crowded during that time, but they're fully staffed and with fast pass and all that. If you stay, you know, five, six days, you can ride everything. And it's, 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 it's kind of when I feel like it's the most magical time. And so we're sitting there and I was like, well, there's no fast pass and all that. It's going to still get crowded. So let's go. And, and like, uh, like Tom said, that's a good time of the year to go right after a holiday. So I was like, well, let's go, uh, the eighth through the 12th uh, because there's no Walt Disney world marathon. That's usually the marathon week. Uh, there's no marathon and, and it'll, it'll be pretty, pretty light. And, you know, so we looked and, and we were like, well, you know, instead of getting two rooms uh, let's get a 
the the family suite at the art of animation because you know they could have their space and we could have ours and it, it was cheaper and so we booked that and i've always been intrigued by this hotel and i'll say this about the art of animation it's you know for kids their age they, they didn't really care you know um but for a child like i would say between three and eight there's probably no better place to stay because they, they it, it, it you, it's truly a, a resort hotel where you look at it and you go we're in we're at Walt Disney World, you know there's big life size characters, uh, it's Finding Nemo, Little Mermaid, Lion King, and Cars, and the whole place is themed, uh, and 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 you could just you know little kids would love it, uh, I think, uh, and we enjoyed it, but I was just I was thinking man this would be great if you had really young ones, and so we decided to stay there. Now, the game changer for both Pop Century and Art of Animation now is, is the, the, the Skyliner, the gondolas uh, with the Walt Disney World transportation system. Uh, as we all know, the, the, the buses sort of suck sometimes. You know, it's just, uh, <laughs> especially like at the end of the night, you're at a park. I mean, you know, but, but, but what this does is it goes to Art of Animation and Pop Century. They're right across a creek from each other. So they share a station. So you could take the gondola to Epcot or to Hollywood studios. Um, it's about 15 minutes. You got to transfer at Caribbean beach, but I mean, man, and the views are spectacular. You get to see a part of Walt Disney world you don't normally see. So we really enjoyed that part of it because uh, that made it super convenient. We only had to get on a bus twice. Uh, once to go to animal kingdom, once to go to magic kingdom, you could legitimately though, Take if you if you have a hotel with access to the gondolas and, and it's art of animation, pop century, Caribbean Beach, and the Riviera that have it right now, you could legitimately only get on a bus to have to go to Animal Kingdom. Uh, because you could go to Epcot and then take the monorail from Epcot to Magic Kingdom, uh, or the boat from Epcot to Hollywood Studios, that kind of thing. Uh, so that was really, really cool, I, I thought, because the buses are probably my least favorite part of, of Walt Disney World. Uh, and, and so I, I thought that was a game changer. And those are also value resorts. Um, Art of Animation, you're going to pay a little more because it's mostly a suite hotel. Uh, but you're you're going to get your bang for your buck. And then Pop Century is one of the lowest priced hotels on property. Uh, so that's just a nice bonus, I think, uh, for staying in a cheaper place, uh, you know, that you don't get maybe at the moderates. And one of the things that JC told me last night, which I wasn't aware of, and Tom, you probably are aware of this, but right now when you take the Skyliner, you know, it's just your family. So you have a place to sit. Um, me and JC were talking the other day, you know, you get out of Walt Disney World and your feet hurt and just even sitting on the bus, sitting down, your back just releases a little bit and you can almost fall asleep. But one of the other things JC told me that was cool is, you know, you don't have to wear your mask on the gondola because you're with your family. So it's yeah. a little bit of reprieve from wearing your mask. Which I thought, which I thought was awesome. Um, yeah. So, so JC, I think you usually go to Disney about you know once every eighteen months or so. You know, maybe you have a couple trips in a year if you're feeling frisky. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But um, so what what changed between this from your last trip and this past one? You know, what was new? What were things that you did different? You know, what did you notice? Yeah, I, and, I, and my in in the interest of full disclosure, my last trip was October of 2019, and it was it was a different. It was more of an adult trip. We stayed at the Swan. We, we got the tickets, the, the, the you can't get in the park until noon tickets because um, we were going to the wine and food festival and, you know, drank around the world. We went to all the parks, but it was uh, it, we couldn't get fast passes for Avatar or, or, or the Star Wars stuff. But but we made up for it other ways by going to like Olga's Cantina for a drink at Rise of the Resistance and all that. Um, but what changed was, uh, you know, the Rise of the Resistance. uh ride i don't think was even operational when we were there in october of 2019 it is now obviously that's a game-changing ride i mean that's uh that's a fully immersed ride that it's almost like three rides in one and a show hey if you want to get right down to it um probably the most extensive ride i've ever been on and, and i'm i'm a star wars fan not a star wars nut you know i've always liked it better than star trek and i watch the movies and get into them but you know, just as somebody that grew up loving having the toy Millennium Falcon and, you know, loving Chewbacca and, and Han Solo. And, you know, even though I don't really care for the Kylo Ren and, and the new the new generation of Star Wars heroes and villains and all that, that they do a good job of blending all the nostalgia together. And it, it was an absolute home run ride. Uh, the Millennium Falcon smuggler, Smugglers Run was something I had not been on before. That's kind of like a 
uh, a better version of Star Tours. I did ride Star Tours again, and, and that ride gets better and better because every time you get on it, they have an algorithm to where I think they have something like 1.2 million different scenarios. So it's always different, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, obviously, uh, we didn't get to ride Flight of Passage at Avatar last time, so this time uh, – and I had been on it before, but this time the girlfriend and her kids got to ride that, and they really, really enjoyed that, blown away almost. Um, the, you know, uh, the other on the other end of it, the, there's some construction at Epcot going on. Uh, we got to we flew down on a Friday and got to Epcot about two thirty, and and literally rode everything in the park by dark and eight at the Rose and Crown Pub. Um, so so that park is undergoing sort of a transformation right now. Uh, probably not worth more than half a day unless you're going to enjoy the beverages around the world. And with COVID now, it's kind of tough. Um, you know, certainly uh, the Hollywood Studios expansions have made that park better. Uh, I actually did ride some Toy Story Land rides this time that I did not last time, although I was not going to wait for an hour and 15 minutes to get on Slinky Dog Dash uh, out of principle. Um, the Magic Kingdom's the Magic Kingdom. It's, it's a little bit different. Um, I, I think the Magic Kingdom sort of suffers with, with the COVID stuff and, uh, you know, just in terms of, the, the magic and, and, and that park of all the parks to me suffers the most without fast pass, you know? So I, I would agree with that. I mean, I can't imagine my life without fast passes, especially after talking to, you know, Tom and Pete and, you know, Pete is 60 days out, 90 days out. As soon as he can get on, he's, he's, his, his trip is planned and he's checking it, you know, 20 times a day to get all his dinner reservations lined up, his, his fast passes. And, you know, Pete, he likes to brag when fast passes are a thing, he never waits more than five, 20 minutes for anything. Yeah. And he can do everything. But um, one thing that I think is a secret that I didn't know about Tom, and I don't know if you know about this, but JC told me this last night, JC, let everybody know about the secret for rise of resistance. When you're trying to get your boarding pass that a oh, cast member told you, this is a huge tip, man. All right. So, so to get on rise of the resistance and, and this was, it was this way before COVID they're not doing fast passes. They're doing virtual queues which means, you know, you get on the My Disney Experience app uh, at 7 a.m., and then they have another time at 1, and you try to get in the queue for the day. And if the queue fills up, you don't get to get on the ride. <laughs> and so we got up at 7, and, and I, I, I was right there, 6.59. I even got on a website that had, like, the world clock. Like, this is officially what time it is. They told me my cell phone was 0.8 seconds too slow. All right, and so I got on it, and I was like, boom, and we didn't get on it. <laughs> and so so as big of a Star Wars fan as I am, the, the girlfriend and her kids are like Star Wars nuts. I mean, they love the that, – that was their favorite part of the whole thing. And, and so we're sitting there, and it's just nerve-wracking. It's like Selection Sunday in basketball, like when the Gamecocks didn't get in that time. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I, we all got this feeling in the pit of our stomach, we're not going to ride this ride. And so we're in the, the, the place they sell lightsabers and Chewbacca dolls and all that. And, and so the girlfriend asked, okay, how do we do this? And the lady's like, well, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not guaranteed, but I heard don't get on Disney Wi-Fi. Uh, and, uh, and then don't do more than one cell phone at a time. Now I had read before that, that Disney tells you not to do more than one cell phone, but that's not really, you know, they just try to do that to, to, to throw you off but the Wi-Fi thing was interesting. So we got off Wi-Fi, just had our cell, got in, and then no more than 15 minutes later, I got a push notification from my Disney app that said, we apologize for the Disney World Wi-Fi being down today. <laughs> uh, and so had we stayed connected, we may not have got, we probably wouldn't have gotten on the ride. And I think that was why we were able to secure that. So that's a tip, I think, because, you know, the Disney Wi-Fi is probably stressed as it is. When we get to the point where they can be at full capacity, I think it definitely will be. Uh, so I think people are probably better off just using their cell phones and, and the, uh, you know, the regular old cellular service uh, to do it because that worked definitely for us. I, I actually got in the queue too on mine, uh, but she already had it. So, so, and I was like two seconds behind her, but they said, between four and six seconds, that's how long you have to, to get on, get your place in line for that ride, uh, or you don't get on. And then it broke down for an hour. 
before we were supposed to ride it. And so that provided for some tense moments, but then they opened it back up and we got on it and it was, it was definitely worth it. You know, JC, I'll tell you, I went to Disney. I think it opened in December of 2019 and we were there late December. And this is when, this is before they did the virtual queue from your hotel. So you, you actually could not get in the virtual queue until you had entered the park. And people were beginning to line up at 4 a.m. for a 7 a.m. park open. And so I can tell you from that perspective, I've, <laughs> I've done it on that side where I was standing there at 4 a.m. And, and fortunate enough to land one. And then most recently in December, we were staying in the Disney Springs area. Uh, obviously didn't have Disney Wi-Fi accessible, but were able to get a boarding, a boarding group then as well. But I had been told early on in the process by a Disney cast member, we have some friends that work there, that if you're on our Wi-Fi, you're, you're not going to get one, you know, always <laughs> go in with your cell phone service and try to stay away from, from large crowds. If you can find a, a quiet area in the park, um, that's a better place to do it too. And so we've been fortunate. We have, we've probably been at least maybe a dozen times, meh, maybe half a dozen times since it opened. Uh, we had an annual pass. My wife and I were down there quite often. We've never not gotten a boarding group. We've only had it happen where we have a boarding group and we have to leave the park for a dinner reservation before it gets to our boarding group. That's, that's also kind of a, a low blow when you're sitting there waiting all day to ride rise resistance. And then, you know, my wife's like, Hey, we got to get to that dinner reservation. We're, we're not going to get to ride it today. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, that's gotta be brutal. But yeah, we, uh, I think we had a dinner reservation that day, but we, we ended up, we were going to cancel it anyway. The kids don't like sausages. And so we were going to go to beer garden, which is one of my favorite. And, and that's probably my favorite restaurant in the whole place. Uh, but uh, I, I took one for the team and we canceled that one. So that, that didn't interfere with our riding, but yeah, that's, it's gotta be a down. And, and the other thing they told us too, like, look, this thing may be broken all day and then you're not going to get to ride. And with the way they do it now where you can't go, you know, you can, you can park hop now. And I, I, I would not recommend buying the park hopper, because it's, it's the same price as it's always been um, right now until they change all this, because you can't go to another park until after two o'clock. And so even if we had started our day at say animal kingdom on Sunday, because we went to Hollywood studios Saturday uh, and then tried to go ride it on Sunday, we, we we're not in the park until after the, the queuing is done. Uh, and so that's what the way they do it now, you know, the park hopper almost is just like, well, you know, maybe if you want to go to Epcot for dinner or something, you could do it. But it, it is pricey uh, to do that. So I, I would, if you're looking to save money these days, I probably would, would, would you know, not do, just do one park one day um, during my trip. If I had to do over again, that's what I would probably do. But, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where we were scared. And <laughs> thank, thankfully, we got on it uh, and everybody was thrilled and happy. I, I think everybody that was on the trip was just like fired up when that happened. And that, that contributed to our, our really good time. And I'll, I'll say this too, and this is a little pricey uh, for those of you out there that visit, but it's, it's sort of worth it. Uh, the girlfriend and her oldest did the build your own lightsaber thing. Uh, and and me and the other one did uh, the build your own droid. Uh, and, and, and it's really cool because the build your own lightsaber thing is like basically a show where you go in and, you know, Yoda talks and you have an actor that, 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 that dry, you know, cast member that's a Jedi master that but guides you through it. I mean, it's really cool. Uh, it's on YouTube if anybody wants to check that out. But um, and we were able to observe that. And then the droid thing is a little bit more, hey, come in and get some parts and build a droid. But you put the droids in your backpack, right? And they talk to each other and are activated throughout Galaxy's Edge by different signals and stuff. So I'm like, I got my own R2 unit and he's on my back and he's sitting there talking uh, to her son's droid, which is a BB-8 unit. And they're both there back there having a conversation, you know, and, <laughs> and, and I think that's just awesomely cool, you know. So I, I think that's, uh, that's cool. Here, I'll show you the lightsaber. Um, this, is, uh, this is her lightsaber that, that she got built right here. So. JC, I, I've actually never held one. Are they, are they pretty sturdy? Oh, this is it's you could mount it on the wall like a like a ninja sword almost. It, it's it's glass and then this is uh steel and wood. Well, kind of rubbery wood, but yeah, it's uh it's a good one here. And uh you want to bring my droid over here? Let me see. I got an assistant here with you too. I'll show you this. 
But the, well, I, that, I respect the heck out of that, that lightsaber. That's a Mace Windu purple lightsaber. That's yeah, that's, yeah. She, she she got that. She was happier than the kid was when she got it. She was like, that's the <laughs> coolest thing ever. And then this is my little buddy, my droid. He'll sit there and uh and talk to you and stuff. He um he uh you know he uh he does all that and he rides around and we we torture our dogs with these things because the dog I have a little dog that hates everything. And uh, he like he sat there and sniffed it and then was like, ruff, 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 uh, and all that. So he, uh, so that's good with that. And then we got the, the the BB-8 one. That style of droid as well is a pretty good deal. But like I said, it's a little pricey, but you know the kids liked it, and then people that are kids at heart like me and her definitely enjoyed doing that. So, so JC, if you don't want me asking, just so we can give a price reference to our listeners, you know what what did those four um, toys toys run you? If you don't mind. Uh, okay. So the lightsabers, and we got the deluxe sabers and that was two, two twenty four a piece. And then the, uh, the droids were like one, one thirty nine with the backpack and the, the personality chip or whatever. Uh, so we went all the way, but yeah, it's going to set you back like three meals, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, if, you're, if right. you're trying to count yeah. that, but um, I promised them when we took, we took them because we, like I said, we didn't get the meal plan and all that. So I promised I'd, I'd throw that in as I, I like to do something a little extra special every time I go, uh, especially with people I hadn't been with before. And so that was kind of a little extra special thing we did this time. So I got to ask you um, now, I haven't done a lot of these rides and Tom, I'm going to ask you as well, because we haven't done this in a while, at least, couple months maybe all right jc what are your top five rides of walt disney world oh man all right i got i got i gotta write this down okay so i'm gonna go number one with me would be flight of passage because uh like i told you guys i think off the air like i would if i could have flight of passage in my basement i would go ride it like eight times a day just because it, it it's a feel-good deal start to finish it's fun um, number two would have to be rise of the resistance just because I've, I've never experienced a ride like that. That's that involved where you, you're, you're Disney rides are supposed to make you feel like part of the story, but, but you're really part of the story. And then just the technology they use is unbelievably awesome. Um, I'm going to go with my, uh, my, my former favorite ride. And I liked it better when it was soaring over California, uh, but soaring around the world at Epcot. It's just a, a, a good feeling ride. I love Splash Mountain at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, and then I'm going to go with uh, with um, Rock and Roller Coaster as, as number five. Uh, I like I like it in Tower of Terror, but, you know, there's just uh, it, it's something about the, when you hear the Aerosmith song, you come off of it and you're like, yeah, I love it. And I love it. I'd forgotten all about uh, Dude Looks Like a Lady as a song until I wrote that the other day and, and we were, we were in line and they, they were playing some epic live Bon Jovi, like one and dead or alive came on us. So, so it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, another cool thing they did on rock and roller coaster this year. Uh, we just got a vote for millennium Falcon too, from uh, the other people. But uh, the other cool thing they did this year, like we're, we're looking and we're in line for rock and roller coaster and we see a concert poster and it says Homer Glenn. Uh, and that's where we, we live Homer Glenn, Illinois. And then it says my girlfriend's name on it. Uh, her name is Nat Nay. And we we're like, wow. And so we took a picture of that. So it's kind of interactive. But those, those would probably be my top five. Now, I could break it down by part, too. Obviously, I, I, love, uh, I, I love Carousel of Progress and things like that, too. So it's uh, – uh, but I, if I had to say top five right now, that would be where I'd be at. All right, Tom, where are you? So, yeah, JC just hit on a, a point that I agree with. I, I could say Carousel Progress and Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor and, and People Mover and Magic Kingdom. I mean, you, you go through some of the attractions that aren't, aren't thrill rides or maybe people would skip over them. I love those. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to flip on, the, on one and two. I'm going to go Rise Resistance, number one. Uh, I'm going to go Flight of Passage, probably number two. And then um, Space Mountain for me at number three. It's where it's four and five is where it gets tricky because I could name probably seven attractions that could fit in four and five, but I'll throw um I'll throw at number four I'll put Splash Mountain in. Obviously, that's going to be changed in the future and what that's going to look like. You know, we don't know. Uh, well, we know the theming of it. We we don't know how the execution is going to be. 
Um, and then number five, I'm going to say Slinky Dog Dash, mainly oh. because JC was hating on it earlier. Ah, just yeah, I can't. It's like a, it's like Goofy's Barnstormer 2.0 is is what it looks like. And I, I, I used to hate to. I'd get in a bad mood every time I had to wait in line for the Barnstormer. So I was like, yeah, you know. But I'll have to give that one a try. I really, I really do. You know, now that I've ridden the, uh, did you hear that? That was my droid. Uh, talking to me now that now that I've ridden Sleeky uh, uh, the rise to all that other stuff in, in Star Wars, I'll get I'll get on the tour story thing next. I if I had to do six, it'd probably be Expedition Everest too. If I had a sixth one, so what no, I'm excited about what's kind of what you guys talked about there, and Tom, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, Tom. I, I got no. I second. was just I was going to tell JC that. So just my history with Slinky Dog, I'm like, this is going to be a kids roller coaster. I have no interest in riding it. And we went, and just because we had annual passes, my wife's like, well, let's wait in line. And I, I thought it was, at that time in my head, I'm like, this is the best ride at Disney World. And I don't know what it is about it. And I, I'm a Toy Story nut. I mean, that's my, one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And so some of the, the little hidden Easter eggs within the attraction um, were, were neat to me. But it is a must ride for me now. It's the first thing I do in Hollywood Studios every time. I'm writing that down, man. We got to get on Slinky Dog Dash next time. I mean, we almost did it, but we we were at Rise. Of, we were at Star Wars, or we got into the park, went straight to Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run. Got off of that. Then then we had a choice. We could. It was 20 minutes for Toy Story spin the 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 one uh, Midway Mania, uh, the the one where you shoot the balls and stuff, or 40 for Slinky Dog. And we made a strategic decision to go because you have to do that now because there's no fast pass. Uh, we strategic decision said, all right, we're going to wait in line for this quickly and then hope Slinky Dog. And then by the time we got up, Slinky Dog was like an hour and 15. So, but it sounds to me like I'm maybe missing the boat on Slinky Dog Dash. So I'm, I'm going to, I wrote that down priority. We'll see. <laughs> well, I think you should give it, give it a try and then we'll bring you on again after your next trip. So you oh, man, I can't it. wait. So, one of the fun things that about this conversation we just had is, the future of Disney. I mean, Tom talked about, you know, Tom's been a Space Mountain guy forever, Splash Mountain guy forever, but we're talking about new attractions of Walt Disney World, which is a lot of fun because, you know, our listener base, most of us don't live in Orlando. So we're not going to Disney all the time. And just to talk about the things that have changed and the things that are exciting that, you know, every time you get on Space Mountain, every time you get on Splash Mountain, you're going to have a blast. It's going to be fun. But the idea that now that we have more rides, you know, Disney might not be pumping out Tron or Ratatouille anytime soon. But there's no reason not to go to Disney. I mean, Tom and JC have both told everybody, you know, yeah, it's COVID times. Yeah, it's in the middle of you know, one of the stupidest pandemics I've ever lived through. But it's still fun. And, you know, you can still have a great time at Disney. Um, JC, I think you told me you took an Uber in to Magic Kingdom one day as well. So you can yeah. avoid the buses. Um, yeah. It's just going to be a lot of fun. It's a lot, of, a lot of fun for the future with, with Walt Disney World. Um, so... Tom, let's. I kind of want you and JC to kind of compare some notes here. Um, what would you each do differently after being at Disney during COVID? You know, if you're if you're planning a trip, you're going the next month or two. You know, we're probably still going to be in this. Disney's still going to be kind of locked down a little bit. What would you do differently? And either one of y'all can start. Doesn't matter. I would probably do Magic Kingdom on a Sunday, and and and. Like, because we did Magic Kingdom on a Monday, and and I would probably flip that and do it on a Sunday. Do Animal Kingdom on a Monday, uh, because I think we we missed like Kilimanjaro safaris because it got out of control and and stuff like that. And I would I would probably reconsider the park hopper, and I would also I did not wait in line because it was the end of the day and the kids were tired and they wanted to go back. And the gondola sounded good to me at the time. I did not wait in line for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad. Now, part of that is out of protest because long live the great movie ride. I mean, that that was one of the most disappointing decisions ever. It's going to be equally disappointing when they change Splash Mountain, uh, but I understand all that situation. Um, but the great movie ride was a was a must go. I mean, you know, where else are you going to learn about? all those classic movies. So, um, but I, I would wait in line for Mickey and Minnie just cause you know, Mickey mouse was my first hero when I was a child. So, uh, I, that's his only ride. I probably should have ridden it. So before I let Thomas go somewhere in the world right now, Pete is smiling 
And he doesn't know why, but the great movie ride, like JC said, long live the great movie ride. I mean, probably one of Pete's all-time favorite attractions. So right now, Pete's smiling um, somewhere. Now, I'm excited to hear what Pete's trip is like. But, Tom, you know, what would you change? I know we've kind of touched on it, but did JC trigger anything for you on so that? I, I, I've got one point on the great movie ride to illustrate to our listeners and to JC how much Pete loves this attraction. When, when I got married, Pete helped out in our wedding, uh, and he was an usher. And I wanted to do a nice thing for, for anyone who was involved in our wedding, ushers, groomsmen. And so I had a, a pretty standard gift for, gift for the groomsmen and a standard gift for the ushers. But I was like, you know, while Pete would like this gift, I was down in Disney and I saw the Tervis Cup that had the date the Great Movie Ride opened and closed. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get him this Tervis Cup. It's a little out of the box and hopefully he likes it. I don't know how many podcast episodes we've seen him drinking out of that Tervis cup to long live, to long live the great movie ride. Cause that was one of his favorite attractions. It's, it, it's amazing. So I'm, I'm similar to JC. I mean, I would change if anything, because you're kind of dealt the hand you get. I mean, you go into a park right now and I went pre park hopper being back open. And so if it's crowded, I mean, it is what it is. There's no, you know, there's no fast pass to try and strategically avoid it. You got to think, um, hey, where will people maybe not be in the park? But I think the day of the week that you go, um, like, for example, Epcot on a Saturday for us was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't do Epcot on a Saturday again. Uh, some people have had a lot of success there, but that's that's not something I'd be willing to to try. Um, and then to JC's point on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, well, I have I've done that attraction. I do recommend doing it. It's not my favorite, but it's a must do. I've got a similar thing in Epcot. We have we didn't do test track my last three times there. And. Test Track's my, my, probably my favorite attraction other than Soren in Epcot. And we just prioritized our time differently. And by the time we got to Test Track, it was like JC said about Slinky. It was a 115-minute wait or whatever. We waited for Test Track this time because uh, we had gone and ate. We, we ate at Rosen Crown. We had already done Soren. We had already done uh, the, the, the Nemo ride and all that. And we were Spaceship Earth. So, so we, we, we waited for test track. Let me just say this. Whoever designed that line needs to be fired <laughs> because that, that was the, that was the one line I waited in. Like the, the, the line for Peter Pan now is actually shorter than it ever has been. It's only 20 minutes, but they route you through the house and all this other stuff and uh, a restaurant. And, you know, the line for test track is just, it's just like, let's just send people here, there and yonder. You don't get to design your own car. You don't didn't do it. You just go and plop on the ride, and it it is a brutal, brutal, brutal wait. Uh, for, for that that line was the worst line that that we stood in the entire time. And I, I just with all that space there, I think they could do a better job and uh, bring back the single rider line. All right, you guys know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Maybe maybe relieve some of that congestion, but it it was like a 10, 15 minute wait for everything else in Epcot except test track which was 65 and the thing with test track too is it's a loud cue i mean it's not a quiet cue and if you're kind of doing the zigzag you might hear the same you know airbag hitting the dummy or the same crash over and over again and that that i can imagine that being something that might stress me out a little bit because you're in a, you're in a tight queue you know there's really nowhere to go i mean maybe yeah. it's a little bit different with the six feet apart that they're that they might yeah. be enforcing but um, I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, to your point, Matt, you're outside for a, ch- a good chunk of it. Uh, and then you get inside and you're waiting even longer. And the cars are going around up above you, every, you know, because you're underneath the track. And so, and that get that gets tough. I mean, you know, three or four times is one thing, but you, you hear that 25 times when you're waiting in line. Uh, and, and it got got a little bit ridiculous. Her, her oldest kid didn't really like it a whole lot either, like the noise. Um, but uh, we got on it, and, and it was fast and all that. I, I still remember the, the old style of it, and, and I kind of like that. I think that you're probably going to see Test Track get an upgrade pretty soon, at least in the next five years or so, because General Motors announced the other day, you know, they were moving to um, all electric cars by 2035. So my guess is you're going to see some sort of uh, uh, upgrade with all that since General Motors sponsors it. All right, a couple more questions I got for both of y'all. Um, you kind of talked about how you go to parks on different days. You know, if you're going on a weekend, you're going on a week. I mean, for me, like, I always had to end my trip in Magic Kingdom. And I wanted to end it as late as possible in the day. I wanted to see the castle lit up. I wanted to see the castle at night. 
Um, how would y'all plan your trip? I mean, does that come into play at all during COVID? I know lines are different and you want to maximize your trip, but I mean, do y'all have a preference on parks per day over the, maybe over the weekend or during the week or how do you want to start and finish your trip? I always like, I'm with you. I always finish at magic kingdom and, and that's how, that's how we planned it this time too. And we did finish there. The only difference is, is like, you know, I, I used to like to stay for the fireworks, um, you know, cause you stay for the fireworks that concludes your trip. It's the grand finale. And then you go by the Emporium and buy some souvenirs to make you feel good. And then by the time you get back, if you're, if you're, if you're on a bus, you know, maybe the bus line isn't as crazy. Um, and you kind of get that last look back at the magic kingdom and it's all lit up and you feel good, you know, or sad or whatever emotion you may have, you know, this time, because there wasn't, you know, fireworks or, or anything like that. We, we got out of the magic. We got done with the magic kingdom relatively early. Uh, the national championship football game was on that night. Uh, so we kind of got back. I want to get back to the hotel, order some takeout and, uh, and watch that. But, you know, the reason I would have switched it with this trip though, is cause is, is cause I would have rather done animal kingdom on a Monday uh, just because of the crowd, because what, what you have on non week on, on right now during the weekends is Florida annual pass holders uh, haven't been in a while. And, and they're like just a ton of people from Florida uh, in, in, within that 35%, you know, the hotels aren't all that crowded, uh, but there's a lot of Floridians with that annual pass on the weekends that are, that are filling up. Like uh, Tom said, Epcot on a Saturday, uh, I actually glanced at the times uh, we were at Hollywood studios that day and I glanced at the times and I was like, man, we, we made it, we were smart going on a Friday because everything was insane. Um, and so I, I think that's over the weekends in, in the more crowded parks are the parks that you're going to miss stuff at, you know, maybe it's better to, to, to strategically do it different, but I, I'm with you, Matt. I, I like to end at the magic kingdom. I don't really care where I start. Uh, but uh, at the end, uh, I, I like the, I like the magic kingdom. What about you, Tom? Traditionally, I agree. Uh, when fireworks shows are going on, um, it's where we're better to be. I mean, it is, it's a, it's a weird range of emotions because you're all happy, but you're also sad that your trip's ending. And uh, magic kingdom is, is not only my favorite park, but also the park I find the most difficulty leaving at the end of a trip. Yep. But I'll tell you, since we got the annual passes, we did a lot of driving down to Disney. We're, we're in a, uh, we, we live in an area you can get there in a day and it's not a bad trip. And so we often would do animal kingdom on our last day because we had to leave by 12 or one or two o'clock. And, you know, I like to spend a full day in magic kingdom. So I guess traditionally magic kingdom for sure is the best way to end it. Um, Epcot can be a fun way to start it, but also a tough way to start it. Cause then you wake up feeling a little rough the next day. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I like to end it. I, I guess we either ended in Magic Kingdom or, or Animal Kingdom um, presently. All right, um, we got about ten minutes left, guys, and um, we appreciate everybody for listening. Um, you know, please give us a follow on Twitter and send us any questions you have via email, Twitter. You know, you know how to get a hold of us. And Tom will say that at the end. Um, so, JC, I know when I I'm going to ask you a question about the kids on the trip. Once I got to be about 15, 16 years old, I was kind of like, and I went to Disney for ten straight years leading up to that. So I was kind of over Disney. How did your 15 year old and the eight year old handle the trip? You know, they, anything that, you know, did you kind of see that happening? Cause I kind of want to talk to listeners who have kids in that age group that are playing a Disney trip and, you know, things to avoid things to make sure they do. Yeah. It's a, it's a different kind of deal. They, um, the, the, all right. So the 12 year old, like when he got there, he was like, you know, and, and these kids, they're, they're really good kids. They're, they're not, rambunctious and you know they, they don't get overly excited or overly upset you know they're just kind of go with the flow kids the youngest one got excited when we got there he's like yeah yeah because yeah. he's like a kid you know he's kind of the, the kid in him came out a little bit the 15 year old actually enjoyed it more than more than i thought the thing is though so, the, you know these guys you know when you're 15 your sleep habits are all screwed up you know you're and at Disney, it's sort of like an early to bed, early to rise kind of deal. And, and so, you know, he's used to getting up at five and, and doing his schoolwork and all that. And so, you know, not getting up at seven and then going all day and he's used to a nap in the afternoon. So he got, he got a little tired uh, some of the days from all the walking and stuff, but we felt like we got everything in and um, they had their space. That's what I would recommend is, you know, 
if you got kids in that age group, you know, the, the less you sort of, you know, uh, push it on them. And, and it's probably good. We didn't have fast pass with him because we could kind of go with the flow and play it by ear. But the less you sort of structure it and the more flexible you are, the better time they're going to have. Um, because there, there's, you know, if you're 15, maybe you're like, this is kid stuff or whatever. But, you know, shoot, when I was 16, I had one of my best trips ever down to Disney. So uh, the 12-year-old, obviously, the, that age group's a little bit better because they're still kids, you know, ch- children. Um, and you could tell, you know, as much as he likes to act like his older brother, uh, when he got there, he was definitely a little kid again. So that that was – that's a little bit easier age group. But I, I would say if I had recommendations for that, just stay flexible – um, and, uh, you know, and, and I would recommend a quick trip. Like we had to, we were there, we went down, it was three and a half days, basically three full days. And then the half day with the Epcot, when we got there, um, I would do no more than four. And then the half day with that age too, because it, I could see where maybe it would get monotonous, uh, for those guys. Whereas like kids that are like between three and nine, they'll go ride things over and over and over again. You know that age group is probably going to say, "All right, well, I'm ready to go play video games or, or do whatever." And during the pandemic, too, like, you know, the arcades closed at the hotel and stuff. So, so some of those other extra things that, you know, older kids can do. You know, and we actually went to the pool uh, one day and it was open, uh, but but some of that stuff's closed. You know, during the pandemic, so it's a little bit difficult. Yeah, I think for me, the big part, and the one thing I would say is timing's everything. You know, when you go. I mean, my mom was a school teacher, so we went a lot during spring break. And once I got to high school, I wanted to be with my friends at the beach on spring break week. And I'd be getting all these texts, and all these phone calls, all the fun they were having. So I had kind of FOMO of missing out. And then in the summertime when we'd go, you know, I was playing multiple sports. And, you know, we'd have, you know, summer conditioning, summer practices that I wanted to be a part of. And I always felt like I was missing out. So, like, when JC went, you know, you know, early January, you know, kids can get out of school. That's kind of like, you know, fun for a kid be out of school and not have to be worrying about stuff so that's my recommendation um and i think tom i mean you never really lost your love of disney no matter what age you were you never really had fomo you were just loving it um from from what you told me in the past so you know i, I totally get that um all right let's let's close this out um jc anything that you missed on you want to say tom anything you missed on that you want to you want to pipe in on i'll just say you know the the uh the, the gondolas, the Disney, they call it the Disney Skyliner. I'm, I call it a gondola because I'm, I'm an idiot. But uh, it, the Disney Skyliner, uh, if you're planning a trip, uh, don't be afraid. of Disney does a great job with the COVID precautions. We never felt like, oh, my God, you know, we're going we're gonna to get COVID. Um, the Skyliner is a game changer at either Art of Animation, which I would recommend with littler kids, with older kids, if you're looking for something a little cheaper. Uh, it also goes to Pop Century. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I do think when they're back at full capacity, Pop Century is going to be a very, very popular hotel because of the price and because of the Skyliner. Um, only us big Disney fans are all fired up about the Skyliner right now, guys. But I'm going to tell you, <laughs> once word gets out, it, it's going to be popular like a uh, like a, like a a monorail kind of deal. So, uh uh, I would just recommend that and um, certainly rise of the resistance and all the things we talked about. All right, Tom, anything from you? No, I'm good. I mean, I appreciate JC's perspective and being that he was just there in, in January. Um, I had never stayed at Art of Animation. I've stayed a lot of different places, Pop Century being one of them. So I echo his statement that Pop Century will be a, a, um, a tough to get reservation because the price point is lower. People can, can stay longer. Uh, at Disney, but they also have, I mean, it's walking distance to the Skyliner and you can, you can resort hop with that, or you can get to uh, Epcot and Hollywood studios. So I completely agree with them. Awesome. Well, JC, you know, I was really happy to get you on because we've been trying to do this for a while. We've been waiting on your trip. I think we started talking about this maybe in March of last year when you were going in April. So I'm happy that um, you finally got to go. I enjoy your perspective because just like us, you know, you don't live in Orlando. Um, you know, Tom had an annual pass, but you know, Disney trip's a big deal and the planning that goes into it, the execution of your trip, it really does make or break a trip. So um, I appreciate your perspective and I'm going to turn it over to Tom for secret and trivia. Yeah. So our secret of the night is going to go back to Toy Story Land, which we, we did talk about quite a bit. 
Um, so as did you know, there are many, many hidden characters uh, in plain sight in Toy Story Land. As you round the corner and begin making your way into the land, it's pretty hard to miss Woody greeting you at the entrance. But if you walk a bit further in, you'll certainly spot Buzz Lightyear uh, back toward the right of Toy Story Land. And there are also other Toy Story characters placed throughout. You'll see uh, Jesse and Rex climbing on top of the blocks at Slinky Dog Dash. And you will even see Bo Peep. She's lost all her sheep, and there's a game where you can help her try to find them. Um, so that last one's something I didn't know about Toy Story Land. So hopefully one of our listeners is down in Disney and can, and can try that and let us know how it is. Going to the trivia question of last week, uh, or a couple weeks ago, I guess now, we asked you which Kyber crystal has a secret hiding within it at Disney's Galaxy's Edge. So the red Kyber crystal um, does have a little bit of secret with it. One in every 50 um, is an obsidian black, which is a nod to the Sith shrine. And at one point, these were going like crazy. I mean, people were going in and trying to buy 50 and 100 at a time uh, because you could sell the one that had the, the nod to the Sith shrine on eBay for a pretty penny. So I, um, I haven't done the lightsaber, as I mentioned earlier, but the red Kyber crystal is the one that kind of holds the secret there in Galaxy's Edge. Going to the trivia question of this week, where in Toy Story Land can you find a nod to the year 1995? 1995, of course, the year that Toy Story hit theaters, but there is an Easter egg within Toy Story Land where it's, it's uh, pretty plain to see. So where in Toy Story Land can you find a nod to the year 1995? You can tweet us at Podcast or email us at MinduWW at gmail.com. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to that one. Obviously, I haven't been there. But, um, yeah, the Hidden Mickeys, the Easter eggs are always fun to find. So, like Tom said, if you're at the parks right now, you got a trip coming up, you know, hit us up. Let us know if you find it. Send us a picture. That'd be really cool as well. Um, you know, we don't do a lot of pictures on Twitter, but, you know, we will throw, the one, throw that one out there. Yeah, thanks, guys. We appreciate you listening. That's all for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at Podcast. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at MinduWW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.